Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Last night, we were blessed with the penultimate, penultimate? There's not another T in there. Penultimate (laughs) CFB rankings (laughs) release. Just had to double check. Fellas, all right, Florida State moved back into the top four. As you can see here, Ohio State dropped four spots to number six thanks to their loss to Michigan last week. Georgia remained number one. Michigan moved up one spot to number two. Washington now at number three. Guys, so much still left to be decided. Conference championship week as we've been talking about here. Pac-12 championship game between Washington, number five, Oregon on Friday night. That one looming large as it's likely to produce one playoff team. So how do we feel about the Penultimate rankings. Penultimate. Pen, pen, pan, Pam. I'm not really sure. Pam ultimate. ultimate. Yeah. Pen pen ul- it's that BC pan versus ultimate. Notre Dame education. You know. Boom. Sorry. Hey, your your words, not mine. Mm. I didn't make the backup college joke. You did. Um. Anyway, <sighs> as we head into uh, the penultimate round of rankings, Dad. Uh, This is really interesting for the takeaways that we have from this, right? Michigan, after the biggest win of their season, doesn't jump Georgia. Let's start with that number one right now at the top of the heap here. A lot of people look at that and said, oh, that means Georgia's safe no matter what. No team has ever fallen from one out of the top four after the final round of the college football playoff and conference championship weekend before but I think this year might be a little different. Were you surprised at yes. all that Michigan didn't get the nod for number one this week? No, no, I'm not. I think it also gives the committee the ability to say if Alabama beats Georgia to be able to put Alabama in possibly, right? Because they'll have beaten the number one team in the country. And I do see Georgia could get knocked out. I know it's never happened before, but I think the scenario of Florida State winning, Washington winning, and Michigan winning, and then Alabama winning, I think could knock Georgia out, right? Because you have three undefeated who are going to be in. Let's get this out of the way right now. If Florida State wins, no matter what people want to think, if Florida State wins, they're in. Do you buy into that no matter what? I do, yes. And the chairman of the college football playoff committee, Boo Corrigan, the NC State athletic director, did say last night, and we're going to have to parse through this, he said their job is to pick the four best teams, not the most four deserve, foremost deserving. We always float that phrase around here. But when you look at the now nine-year going into 10-year history of the college football playoff, every year it has been the foremost deserving. Every year, I believe, has been the same four teams that the BCS computer would have produced, right. albeit some years in a different order. So while Boo Corrigan is saying that, we know it's played out differently. So yes, I agree with you. I think if you have an undefeated conference champion Florida State team, they are absolutely going to be in. Now, the biggest place we disagree, Dad, is with what you insinuated there, which is that leaves room for Alabama. If Texas wins the Big 12 championship, they're not putting Alabama in over them. I want to say that loud and clear. It's not happening. Because if you want to talk about precedence there, Dad, let's put it this way. If you believe that Alabama could jump Texas, both being one-loss conference champions, then you would also need to believe in the same vein that Florida State is capable of getting jumped if they win but they don't look good doing it, and there's a team that looks better. Because if being undefeated conference champion only matters no. so much, because head-to-head no. only matters so much, that's the same no. line of thinking, and that has to no, be. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because the no, yes, it no, is. It's, not. it's the listen, same here, thing. Listen, You're saying precedent in a specific father, area that's one of the committee criteria father. does not matter in this spot. Listen to your father for a moment. One involves two one-loss teams. The other involves an undefeated team and a one-loss team. That's your so? ma- no. That's your major difference why does, right there. Why does undefeated matter if head-to-head doesn't? Why would undefeated all of a sudden matter magically?
magically if a head-to-head win alabama and texas played football against each yes, other and one of yes, those teams won and the other team lost it was on the road the rosters have not changed demonstrably in that time so a head-to-head football game that really happened doesn't matter Why? but a goose egg Why? in the loss column does for some reason then then okay i i, I listen we disagree if alabama beats georgia and either either or to Alabama or Texas, Alabama's getting in. Whether that's Texas being left out or not, I, I get head-to-head, and I listen, we both played on the field, so we obviously would put a lot into head-to-head. So I, I understand that thought process. I think the committee will put in Alabama over Texas because they would then have beat the number one. There's something now. Remember, the committee made Georgia the number one team. So Alabama would beat the number one team according to the committee. So I, I think Alabama would be in. That's, that's, that's just my thought. I, I completely disagree with that. And I think the actual more interesting conversation, and this is one I saw being had online last night. Uh, I want to get the person's Twitter account so I can properly source this. Kyle Bonagora, who's a staff writer at ESPN.com covering college football, said this. Obviously, this was a very good CFP ranking for the Pac-12. You had Washington at three, and Oregon is the top-ranked one-loss team at number five. With a UW win, they are obviously in. Oregon should be, too. Here's where it could get dicey for the Ducks if you do have Michigan, Florida State, Texas, and Alabama all win. If it happens, who is out? And, Dad, when you start comparing the resume for Oregon and Alabama, that's where it gets interesting. Because as we currently sit here right now, Oregon has the higher strength of resume, the metric that the committee usually uses and is a determinant of, hey, what is the chance the average top 25 team has of accomplishing your schedule better? Alabama, uh, Alabama, higher strength of resume than Oregon, higher strength of schedule than Oregon, higher ranked opponent left on their schedule than Oregon. Oregon's going to play number three, Washington. Alabama's going to play number one, Georgia. They've got more wins against higher seeded teams in the most recent round of the college football yep. playoff poll. And if you want to just look at the team, higher ranked in terms of defense and special teams sp plus higher ranked in terms of defense and special teams efficiency the only place that oregon leads alabama is offensively they're a better football team statistically and efficiency wise and then they have a loss that's against a higher ranked opponent and it was on the road alabama's loss was a technically a double digit loss at home but besides that alabama outpaces oregon everywhere on the resume that these people would pile up Okay, then why didn't those 13 people put them ahead of Oregon now? They obviously, for a reason, didn't put Alabama ahead of Oregon. You just gave a great case for why Alabama would be ahead of Oregon, and those 13 people disagree because they put Oregon ahead of Alabama. I'll say this right now. If Oregon wins and Alabama wins, they're both getting in. They're both getting in. If Oregon, Oregon is number five. The committee said you're number five. If you beat a team that's in the Final Four and Washington's three, they're going to be in. Let me ask you this. If Oregon wins and Alabama wins, and we have all these one-loss teams now, is there any chance for Ohio State to get in this thing with one loss and them not being involved in a conference championship, or are they going to be out of this thing, even though they're sitting at number six? No, I mean, you would need apocalyptic scenarios to happen for Ohio State to get in, despite the fact their resume also very robust and they'd be waiting in the wings. No, you would need full-blown chaos in a scenario that I'm not nearly smart enough to concoct to make that happen. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I would agree with that as well. So, listen, listen, this can be really simple. We we, we all agree if if all, everybody that's going to have these lengthy shows after the final, you know, rankings – if all four win their, their, their conference championships, there's nothing to discuss. We'll try and make a discussion out of should Florida State be there, especially if it's a close game uh, in their conference championship game. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be. The four undefeated teams will be in the, in the, in the final four, and that would, be, that would be everybody wants some kind of chaos. But that would make these shows go, oh, man, should we knock this show down to an hour now? Because we can't fill all that time because we know, you know, that there's nothing to really discuss. So we're waiting for something can happen. What, what loss do you think is most, most, that most readily could happen in the conference championship games? I mean, I do. I mean, and I'm not just saying this because we had Jeff Brom on the show this morning. Would not be surprised if Louisville was able to pull this off against Florida State, right? <clears throat> That would yes. not be that and would that, not be stunning. I mean, it's 
Go ahead. Yeah, that it, it would that would be, and that's a one-sided thing. It would just knock right Florida State out of this thing. To me, man, even though they're two excellent teams, I just think Oregon is playing at another level right now, and I, I can see them knocking off Washington, which which I'm sure you would agree, Oregon would be a lock to be in the Final Four then if they win. They would be, but I guess the reason I didn't even I didn't say that one is because Oregon's favored in that game. Like Louisville's the only underdog that right. I'm talking about True. in terms of the Vegas lines that were set on this. Oregon's expected to win this game, and I do think in the conversation with them in Alabama, there is something to hey, you get a chance to erase your mistake. Like I do think there's something to that, and your loss being on the road and only being by right. three points, all the things that we know about that circumstantially, where I could make the argument that you could put Oregon in. We looked at the Pac-12 so favorably for so much of the year I think publicly a little bit of that shine fell off the conference when the wheels fell off USC as publicly and famously as they did but I still think it's been a very good conference for so much of the year you've got a Heisman Trophy candidate and Bo Nix and that offense that have played great they've looked like one of the best teams in college football and so it would feel odd but that's the world where I think that we could get to dad is if they win there's a very realistic world I think where the SEC gets left out entirely and it feels strange to say because of what we know about that conference but I do I, and this is where again where you and I differ if Oregon wins if Texas wins if Alabama were to win I think the SEC is on the outside looking in if they decide to look at the Oregon resume and say hey we'll look at the fact that hey they were on the road it was so close they looked so good in that game and if they go out here and god forbid win by like double digits in the Pac-12 championship game I think they would get in over Alabama I think Texas would get in and over Alabama and I would think you would have having the final year of the 10-team playoff, the SEC potentially missed this thing, which even as I say it now, I get hives because the idea, yeah. and we talked about this, Nick Saban with a chance to politic on the final weekend of the college football playoff <laughs> rankings, you would watch someone in their final form. Nick Saban is a master at getting up in front of the microphone and having to put on that hat when he needs to in the name of his team trying to make it. And boy, oh boy, would this be a really compelling, difficult decision and a chance for him to do just that. And he would be so nonchalant if we, we beat the committee's number one team in the country. You know, I mean, he, he, was, he would make it sound like it should be a given that they would be in. And I'll say this. If the SEC is left out, I want a close-up of Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. If oh. that were to happen, just to watch his head explode. I don't. We disagree there as well. I do not think uh, that is going to happen. Quick aside, because we mentioned Washington and Oregon. You have a Heisman vote. I would imagine you're waiting till after this weekend for it. Do you, you know, obviously not going to don't tell us. Do you have in your mind what direction that you're going yet? No, I, 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 you know, I obviously have like a cluster of the guys up top. And listen, it's a lot of the names that we would expect in going into this weekend, knowing Bo Nix and Michael Penix are going to face off, knowing that unfortunately we're not going to get to see another Jaden Daniels game uh, and all the great stuff that he's done at LSU. But I've got kind of the group of players in mind I'm using this week to go back and rewatch a lot of stuff from them. And then my thought process always is, all right, if I get to that point at the end of the week, kind of like with the CFP committee it's a full body of year full body of work award but if it's close at all and you get to hold the pen last i do think that's something it's another thing to account for right when we're looking it's statistically what have these guys done what have they done in the biggest moments of the season what do they mean to their team meaning are they getting their team or you know are they making life easier on their teammates are they making big plays in the most critical junctures and if you've got an opportunity to make huge plays on the biggest platform that we have so far in the season i think that's absolutely got to be factored into it so i do wait until after conference championship championship every year to ultimately cast my ballot just because I do think it's another important addition to the process I would love to see Marvin Harrison Jr. win this thing hopefully he'll at least be at New York he deserves to be if Brock Bowers hadn't gotten hurt maybe him as well but I have a feeling it's going to come down to it's this last scene thing Bo Nix and Michael Penix if one of those guys or maybe both of them go off for 300 some yards and four touchdowns then the winning quarterback may that may be the last selling point uh, for that particular quarterback to win the Heisman because uh, I think Jaden Daniels is in a lot of people's minds but they get to see two other guys that are in your minds, especially Bo Nix, the way he's been playing as of late. He's the one I would lean to more if they get the win and he has a big name that he could actually pull this thing out. 
The Marvin Harrison Jr. of it all is fascinating because, man, as I've gone back and watched a lot of LSU in the last couple of days and rewatched some of them, I'm not even sure the Bolitnikoff is 100% his at this point. Oh, Neighbors? Malik neighbors has been yeah. incredible to watch. That is an explosive athlete who's made some insane catches over the course of this season. Obviously outpaces in yards, but that's what happens when you've got an offense that's got a Heisman Trophy candidate at quarterback versus Ohio State that's been dealing with a drop-off from C.J. Stroud to Kyle McCord right. this season. So I'm sympathetic to the differences and what Marvin Harrison has done to the point of what do you do in elevating your teammates. That's going to be fascinating, but uh, a really interesting weekend coming up. Tons of stakes this weekend. I mean, the Big Ten Championship's the only one that feels like a foregone conclusion. Even yep. on the right day, Oklahoma State could be squirrely. Ali Gordon, you want to talk about a potential fringe Agreed. Heisman candidate, has been awesome as a running back for Oklahoma State during this season, going up against Texas. So, fun one. Looking forward to that. Dad, the only other bit of college football business we've got coming off yesterday is this. Arkansas did the thing. Yeah. Sources tell ESPN Bobby Petrino has agreed to become the next offensive coordinator of Arkansas. If you'd missed it for whatever reason, Bobby Petrino had been the offensive coordinator at Texas A&M this last year when Jimbo Fisher and his staff got let go. Bobby Petrino was not uh, retained. Last time on Dragon Ball Z, Bobby Petrino left <laughs> Arkansas in shame amidst a scandal where he was fired in the wake of a scandal where he hired his lover and mistress and misled yep. his bosses about the relationship, ultimately found out in the motorcycle accident that has led to one of the most famous photographs in college football history of Bobby Petrino and his marked up face wearing a neck brace at the press conference. Lucy Roden, our friend over at the Dan Levitard show, did it perfectly for the grit of death punishment. And dad, to make this happen, you had to have presidential approval at the school right. because they have a rule that states if an employee was dismissed for cause or who has been designated by the campus or division is not eligible for rehire, they won't be eligible for reemployment with any of the University of Arkansas System's campuses. So they literally had a rule that went in place, I think a year before that <clears throat> scandal happened, that said if you get fired for cause, we can't bring you back in all this. And they're essentially going to waive that because they're so desperate for offense that they're willing to turn to the devil that they know is that picture is going to live rent free in my head listen it just tells you where we are right and what it's about uh because given that situation how would anybody in their right mind think that you would end up back at that school in a, in a different you know here instead of head coach you know you're the offensive coordinator there are tons of great offensive coordinators out there now trying to find one that if they have a job to pull them away whatever you try and do but I am amazed, though, maybe we're also because we had been in the cancel area, right, where you can be canceled. But I think now we're also in an era of just don't say a word, make the hiring, don't get involved, don't answer back to anything and just let it all pass. Right. And then if the offense starts to look really good, then we've justified it. And that's all anything's going to care about. Not the fact that this unbelievable scandal he had as a head coach. So they would love to just fast forward to get to that. Let's show that our offense is really good. And, and it makes us bringing him back look like the right move. And then they're just going to be crossing their fingers, hoping the offense does something well. Because I'm actually pretty surprised at this move. I mean, cancel. He's worked plenty since then. The guy's had plenty of jobs since then. Everyone's been no, no. I guess I dude. mean at, at Arkansas. Is, you're the yeah. One. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, he wasn't canceled. He got fired because he lied to the administration about what's going on. And I get while well, in the grand, and this is such an indictment of the sport, that in the grand scheme of college football and all the awful things that we've seen happen in the sport, this man's extramarital affairs and him trying to turn it into a job opportunity for a person that he was seeing registers lower on the Richter scale than it should. The laughable headline of Louis or Arkansas is currently vetting him. Like, vetting him, dog, you're the one who fired him. You yeah. know all of the yeah. things in this you're not vetting you're going back and looking through the things that you already knew i i guess I, him getting another job never surprised me because we see coaches do horrific things and at, at times end up back in coaching again so that didn't surprise me but going back to the place that fired you for yes. what you did that surprises me i that that you would say it's worth going down what we're going to hear about this from our alumni, from fans, from all these people. Is it worth it to bring this one guy in uh, to try and resurrect this offense? And, and by the way, if the offensive is resurrected, then everybody's going to be cool with it.
I am looking forward to that introductory press conference so much. But the only thing that I would be looking forward to more than that is the first time that Arkansas is involved in a college game day game if this hire goes through. Because, (laughs) man, if it's in an opposing field especially, you're going to see those neck braces out in full force. Again, I would say on the medal stand, like a top five picture in my college football lifetime, it is Vince Young going across the goal line in the Rose Bowl against USC and Bobby Petrino in that neck brace on the medal stand, both jockeying for position. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It is time for another riveting edition of Golik versus the Internet. So Gojo and I are going to try and explain things to senior that we found on the internet. So let's start with a very appropriate topic for this show, a disgusting food combination. So (laughs) what you are seeing right now, for those of you listening on the pod, is somebody trying cheese Coke, which is where you put cheese into a cup of Coke, microwave said cup of Coke, to apparently create what is supposed to taste like vanilla Coke. It's like, oh, if you don't have vanilla to add to your Coke and you really want vanilla Coke, just microwave some cheese in it. Uh, so, I'm listen, I, 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 I don't feel good watching this. It makes me angry. And the worst part is I actually was getting ready to look at this and say, I can't believe what people are willing to do for attention with food. As if I wasn't the Duke's man. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, I have no credibility to stand on. I've got nothing. I have no leg to stand on in this. So, Dad, this is the internet that I have apparently helped create, and I'm sorry for being a part of it. You have have 2.0'd what I have done over the years on radio and TV. I would just eat foods. I would have a, I think I had, what, a a donut hole eating contest against Dugat's eating uh, chicken nuggets against competitive eaters. You know, I've done a lot of food-eating things, but never have I mixed like you have, putting an Oreo in mayonnaise or this, putting a slice of cheese in a, in a cup of Coke and putting it in the microwave. I mean, it looks disgusting. And I'll continue to say, if that's what floats your boat, then do your thing. You go ahead. But it looked horrific to me. I, I was waiting for the cheese to melt on top and make it look like French onion soup with the cheese melting on top, which I love, by the way. But a piece of cheese in a, in a cup of a Coca-Cola, no thank you. Nope, not even going to try it. It's also like allegedly just so that you can make your Coke taste like vanilla Coke, where, I mean, I have a simple solution, which is to buy vanilla Coke. I, buy vanilla Coke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. 
Yes. By, by, by vanilla, like I would try putting vanilla extract in regular Coke before I just bought this kind of Coke. So that, I, but but yeah. Jesse, 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 that doesn't get you on the internet and that doesn't get you clicks if you just buy vanilla Coke. Yeah. You've got to go this route of getting the clicks and doing something different. I mean, in this day and age, 2023, like you're telling me there's that it is that hard for you to go get a vanilla Coke or get some vanilla extract. Like your only option is to throw some cheese in there. I just, you're right, it's for the clicks, yeah. but I just can't, I can't, I can't deal with it. I'm with you. Yeah. All right, what else we got? Okay, so next up, we have the coffee enema, which is exactly what it sounds like. So there is a no. video, and this is the best video that we could find of this that is going to be suitable for us to show on this show. So we have a woman, she's in her shower, and she's got an enema, and she's doing handstands and whatnot, and there's coffee being injected into no. her butt. No. So no. Uh, someone what? in the comments called this a French press which is hysterical. Um, what do we think of injecting what? coffee into your body via an enema, uh, senior? What, what are they, Jesse, what are they saying this does? What, what, what is the, the purpose of it? Okay, so these are the biohackers who are allegedly saying that it stimulates your sympathetic nervous system and leads to lymphatic drainage and all these health benefits. And then if you Google those claims, basically every doctor out there is like, that is not right. So it's just another one of those biohacker cool things where they're alleging that you can, I don't even, biohacker is such a buzzword. They're alleging you can biohack your body, but I don't know what it's actually supposed to do, senior. And it doesn't so sound I very pleasant, does it? No, no, so I'll, I'll say this to end the conversation because it makes me uncomfortable is uh, number one, uh, I poop just fine, so okay. I don't need any help there. And number two, coffee will only go into one hole in my body, and that would be my mouth. You know, I think that that's a pretty, that's a pretty good way to live. Strong yeah. words to live by. Um, so, Would you try this? Absolutely not. I, I mean, why, like you said, coffee should only go into one hole in your body. Coffee is a drink, <laughs> it's meant for drinking. It is, you don't, it's not meant for butt chugging. It's meant for drinking so, through your mouth. So I, I'm wondering, do we think like the vanilla, like the cheese in the Coca-Cola, that this is a for click, you know, for attention type thing? Or people are trying to say there's something medically good about this, it seems. It's both. It's the biohackers trying to get clicks by coming up with something ridiculous and putting it on the internet. But yes, I do believe there are people out there who truly believe that there are health benefits to this. And okay, the way I look at it, it's a waste of a pot of coffee. Absolutely. That's the way I look at it. It's a, yeah. it's a waste. It is a total waste, and it is also disgusting. And if that didn't make your skin crawl, Senior, then this one definitely will. So oh, we have no. established that we don't like robots on this show. So how about no. the robotic night lamp? So there is a robotic night lamp that crawls along the floor. It has arms and it crawls down the hallway. If let's say you get up in the middle of the night, you need to use the bathroom, whatever. This thing will crawl down the hallway with you to light your way as you go. Look at its little legs. It's got legs, there's a little square, and look at the person walking behind it. So weird, because it has a weird gait. So you gotta just like slowly walk behind this thing. It looks like a spider, Senior. So, this is stupid. And, and I, I hope it never, I don't know if it's for sale or if this is a prototype, I don't know. For those that, that are listening on the podcast, imagine a spider with a block on top of it for a body that's the light. That, that's what this is. And I don't like spiders. It's, it, it's horrific. A, you have to walk slower. I mean, if I get out, gotta get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, I'm not slow walking, okay? I'm getting up because I gotta go to the bathroom, okay? So all of a sudden, this thing's slowing me down. A, I'm going to trip over it because I can't get there fast enough. Yep. This is one of the more stupid ideas I think I've ever seen. And by the way, Jesse, as you said, we are anti-AI. Uh, anti we, we are not for robots. We are not for this. This thing is waiting to get you in the bathroom and then a freaking laser beam's coming out of it and it's gonna kill you while you're standing at the toilet or sitting on the toilet and that's gonna be that. It, you know what, gang? Two words, nightlight, yes. okay? Nightlight. 
I got a, we got a nightlight in our bedroom. If I got to get up and go to the bathroom, I'm 60 years old, which means I got to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night at times. A nightlight lights it beautifully. I can walk at my own pace. I don't have to look down at this creepy thing crawling, leading me to my death in the bathroom. Yeah. So nightlight. Keep buying the nightlights. We've had them for years. They work really well. This is a ridiculously stupid idea. I would smash this thing. I would step on it and smash it with a hammer. Also, it's definitely, it's a robot. So it's definitely like somehow recording your data and selling it to somebody. It's like this person gets up and pees two times a night. So now they're going to sell that information to somebody who's going to try and sell you something on the internet. And it's it's horrible. We don't want any robots in our house, especially not in the middle of the so, night. So let me ask you this, Jesse, and why I'm even more concerned on things is whenever you, we talk about something in your house, all of a sudden you get an, an IG or something, a post that has maybe that product or something like that product. Doesn't that nerve you out? I, I mean, I've almost thrown my hands up to say we can't even protect ourselves anymore because you talk about something and it shows up. So our, our stuff's getting out there. I can't believe it doesn't nerve more people out than, than, than already does. I mean, especially every time you get an update to your devices, something comes out on the internet where it's like, oh, the auto update also enabled smart learning and now your information's being sold and blah, blah, blah. So basically, there was something that just came out with the iPhone update, where now if your phone is next to someone, they can just like automatically get your contact yes. information. Yeah, you got to turn that off. But it's just crazy. That's why we don't want the robots in our house, senior. And you're absolutely right. I don't is, want this thing in my house. It's never coming into my house. Is there any robot that you would accept in today's <sighs> AI world? I mean, don't we kind of already have them in our... Isn't Alexa a robot? Do you have an Alexa? No, I don't, because, again, it's just another thing that's stealing all my information. Yeah, I don't have one either at this point anymore, to be honest. We had one, and then I didn't like it, and we got rid of it. But, like, we have a security system. Like, I think, unfortunately, the baby monitor could be considered a robot at this point. It's got video right. and audio. And, so. Yeah, it's not, it's really not great. Not great Bottom line is we, this show, Gojo and Golik, is against AI. What we are not against is talking to great defensive players. And one coming up from the Baltimore Ravens, Marcus Williams. Next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. The Ravens head into the bye this week at 9-3 and three and on top of the AFC North. Now, a big part of their success has been due to their dominant defense. They've held opponents to 10 points or less in five games this season, including Monday night against the Chargers. Ravens are second in the league in points and total yards allowed per game. But they're really making their mark by getting to the quarterback and keeping their opponent out of the end zone. Now, Baltimore's linebackers coach Chuck Smith said yesterday, we want to lead the league in beating up quarterbacks. And frankly, that is precisely what they're doing. So the guys had a chance to catch up with a member of this vaunted Ravens defense to talk about why exactly it has been so incredibly tough to play against them this season. 
All right, Raven safety Marcus Williams, kind enough to join us here, coming off a win this past weekend. So congratulations on that first and foremost, Marcus. But I want to go to a point at the end of the win here and get your thoughts. Tell me what was going through your mind as a defensive player on the sideline where you see your offense going, able to get them to burn timeouts at the end of the game, and all of a sudden Zay Flowers bursts through the line and decides to go running into the end zone to get another touchdown on the day for him. What was your thought on the sideline watching that? <laughs> hey, I, I mean, I wasn't mad at all. I mean, shoot, they he, he had an open lane. He went and go. He going to go took him. I mean, unless they told him to get down, it's a free. It's a free reign for him to go score a touchdown. So, you know, I'm I'm happy he got a two touchdowns in that game. You know, he's a young a young star uh, in the making. So I'm just I'm happy to have him on my team, and I'm happy he's not doing that to me. Well, I was going to say too, it, it, if the option is go down or increase my fantasy points nowadays for <laughs> for these offensive guys, right? <laughs> Well, shoot, I don't know nothing about fantasy, but shoot, other people probably know. That probably helped their fantasy too, but I don't know. <laughs> probably helped them a lot, but uh, no, it was, it was a great win for you guys. And while that was a funny story at the end of that game, I saw your teammate Kyle Hamilton had some fun stuff to say about that. The story for you guys really has been the defense for, for so much of this season. What's clicked especially about this year for you guys and Mike McDonald in the system? I think uh, this offseason we came in early. You know, a lot of guys came in uh, pretty much the whole defense. And we, we got that camaraderie. And, you know, we we get together a lot uh, during the season already. And I, I think us molding and being together, you know, having that having that time to spend with each other, making these trips, um, either whether it's London or L.A., you know, we've been taking trips all over the all over the world. And I think us being able to bond and spend time with each other has really helped us uh, grow and mold into a, a better defense for sure can you dive into that a little more for people that maybe don't get that they see 11 guys on defense you know playing the defense and doing their thing but what goes into that just as you said of of being together and how well how much better it is if you know one another better on the field uh it, it's it's a lot it's it, it plays a lot into it because you know being being together you you really get to know somebody you really get to know what they could do, what you know, what we can we can like build on each other with, but um, being able to know him, oh, he's gonna be here in the post, he's gonna be going down. This is how he plays. He's aggressive. He's less aggressive. Then you can like play off of that, and then that's what helps you guys, you know, be better because you know where somebody's gonna be at at what time, and then that's how you make plays. And um, just being able to talk through any any type of situation always definitely helps us because we don't we don't have any egos over here we're all trying to make each other better um and nobody nobody's like bigger than somebody else we can all tell each other whatever and hold each other accountable which is which always a big thing at the center of the defense so many people made a big deal about when Roquan Smith came over from the Bears and what that did for you guys but another year with him what does he bring to a defense that makes him such a difference maker whether that's physically or as a leader man he he sideline to sideline but you know like a guy like him he's pretty much unstoppable you know they they got to find different ways to keep him away from the ball which is which is going to be pretty hard um but because he's going to run through a wall. Um, and as a leader, I mean, he gets us all hyped up. I mean, Roe Ro is that that building block that helps make everybody around him better because he's not going to let anybody, you know, play underneath him. He's either They're either at his level or they're, you know, they're trying to exceed that. But he's not going to even let you exceed that because he wants to be, the you know, the high energy, high, high playmaking person that he is and, you know, a guy like that, you can only play to that level because he's not going to allow you on the field with him if you're not playing at that level. You guys have, have a buy going on right now. And, and I know a player or a coach can justify a buy at any time early or late. But what does this buy do for you guys coming at this time? Man, I mean, having having what? I don't know how many games we put already, 12 or something like that. I mean, it's coming at the you know the end of end of the year. We got what five games left. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good getting guys, you know, from that whole year, getting them healthy or whatever whatever we need to do to get your minds right, your bodies right to make that end of the year stretch. You know, 
Um, so I think having this buy right now, I think it plays to our advantage for sure because, I mean, you know, when it comes to playoff time, most guys already had their buy at the beginning of the year, and now they got to play 10 games straight. But for us, now we get that buy right at the end of the year, and we're, we're able to go into that more fresh. I got to ask this, Mike being a former O lineman and me a D lineman, style sometimes in our clothing wasn't, you know, all that it's cracked up to be. I noticed on your Instagram, you are, you're decked out an awful lot uh, in some really nice clothes. Do you, do you have a stylist? I do. Yeah, I definitely have a stylist. I mean, I, I enjoy the clothes. I mean, she picks them out. She knows my style. We, we talked about it. She, she does a good job uh, putting these, these outfits together. And man, when I, when I put them on, I just feel, you know, I feel like I'm ready for business. So, uh, that's just that's just what I want to. That's just like how I can express myself in fashion, um, how I'm able to you know put myself out there and, and show that I, I wear clothes nice, but I'm also coming to work. Uh, you know, you look good, you feel good, you play good. So that's how I want to. That's how I want to present myself in any situation. Are you the best dressed Baltimore Raven? We got a lot of guys with good style, but I mean, I I, I always feel like I'm the best look, best dressed. So I'm gonna just say I'm it's me at all the time. So. There you go. See, Mike, he's got a clothes go. picker router just like just like your mother does for me, right? <laughs> yeah, I can say, no, Marcus, this is what happened is before, and he goes, oh, wow, he's, he's got a lot of really nice outfits. I wonder if he's got someone who lays his clothes out for him. I said, Dad, that's called a stylist. You have my mom who lays clothes out before you go on work trips. Those are two very different <laughs> things, so... It's uh, it it definitely has gotten the results that you guys have been looking for here. Uh, it's been an awesome season, uh, Marcus. Before we let you go, I did want to hit on the other side because we've seen so much injury at the quarterback position a lot this year in your guys' division. You were in the game where unfortunately Joe Burrow was lost for the season. Does it make you even more thankful for what you guys have on the other side of the ball in Lamar Jackson? How much of a difference does he make even for you guys on defense, knowing what he does for you each and every week? Man, you know, having a, a guy like Lamar, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I came here. I mean, I already knew, like, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the game, and I wouldn't want to have any other quarterback than him, to be honest. I mean, the way he's able to throw the ball, the way he's able to get out of certain situations, He's just, you know, he's just that leader, that that quarterback back there that you want on your team, and he's hard to bring down. And uh, you know, playing against him is not fun. So <laughs> those guys, I know, have a tough time even game planning against him because he's gonna he's gonna run, he's gonna pass, he can throw on the run. <laughs> like you don't know what he's gonna do. So now, oh, you're trying to go tackle him? Oh, he pump fakes you. Like how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to play against somebody like that? But, you know, Lamar's one of the best. So I'm, I'm definitely uh, grateful and thankful to have him back there as a quarterback. And, you know, we're just going to keep it, continue to strive. And, you know, he wants that Super Bowl. So we all going to do what we can to, to help him get there and help us get there all together. When in doubt, choosing to be Lamar Jackson's teammate a lot better than having to play against him. Wise words to live by and definitely worked out uh, well so far. Marcus, we appreciate your time, man. Enjoy the bye. Congrats uh, on a great season so far and good luck the rest of the way. We know you guys got some big goals and we're excited to watch. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Good stuff from the guys. Coming up, we will send you off into your day with this, that, and the third, including why Dolly Parton doesn't text. It is for an iconic, iconic reason. Welcome back. Time to finish off the show the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you on into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us a five-star rating. Tag us at Gojo and Golik on Twitter if we make your Spotify end-of-year wraps because we are vain and self-serving and we will retweet it because we're not above that. Uh, you can check us out here live every day, Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Roku, and more. But if you miss any of it, like our great guest, Jeff Brom, the head coach of Louisville's football team, getting ready to head to the ACC championship game, Charlotte Wilder, our good buddy from the oddball podcast or marcus williams safety for the baltimore ravens who you just heard you can check it all out wherever you get those pods or right on youtube as soon as we finish this show live we will get to 
an unbelievable first for a grown woman in Jesse Cofield. After we get you this word from Wrangler, guys, jeans, shirts, and jackets made for the ride of life. Be ready for those cooler days and longer nights with Wrangler. Styles that are going to keep you warm, keep you comfortable moving, and looking great no matter where you are. You can wear Wrangler jeans literally anywhere, guys, at work, out at night, playing pickup game with your friends at home. Watching the game on TV, they are that comfortable. They are that durable. And there's a Wrangler shirt for every occasion. They got casual tees, snaps, and button ups, or layer them together for the best of both worlds. And do not forget about the iconic Wrangler jackets. When the weather starts to chill and you need to venture out, Wrangler will keep you ready for anything. So add some Wrangler to your get up with jeans, shirts, and jackets that look great, fit great, move great. So you're always ready for whatever life throws at you. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Wrangler for the ride of life. Guys, let's get to this. Internet prompts are my love language. And we got one the other day for a user asking your top 10 out of 10 non-alcoholic drink. I want to hear from you guys because my peanut brain immediately went to airplane orange juice over ice. It is always there for me in my time of need. When I travel, I look forward to this as much as anything. The ice is a textural marvel. Orange juice is the thing that makes me feel like I'm actually helping my body in an effort to not get sick while I'm traveling. So where are you guys on this? I would prefer an OJ, like the pulpy OJ. Um, personally, I love like a fresh what? squeezed orange juice. You know, this is like the sugar, the sugar OJ. Yeah. You like yeah, the pulp? Yeah, yeah I love I, the I pulp. I like the pulp. Yeah, I, you know what? I like the pulp too. I mean, I, I can go either way, pulp or no pulp, but I, but I absolutely love the pulp. But Mike, to your point, every now and then, yeah, I'll, I'll get an orange juice on the plane and just chug it and feel like I've yes. done my body good. Right. I'll feel like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm getting some vitamin C and I'm getting some hydration. But for me, if I'm going to pick one, the the non-alcoholic drink I drink the most, quite honestly, and your mother does as well, is unsweetened iced tea without any sweetener and not even putting any sweetener or anything into it. Just unsweetened iced tea. I I love the taste. It's a great uh, drink just to have. So that's probably that that's the most most popular for me. The, the non-alcoholic drink I drink the most outside of water. So I would say for me, it's kombucha. Um, there is like a, I don't, it doesn't count. There's like a trace amount of alcohol in kombucha, but you don't have to be 21 to buy it. So I would still consider it uh, an alcoholic free drink. And I drink kombucha on the reg every day. You know what? Love a good booch. Probably wouldn't be my 10 out of 10, but you're right. It does not qualify. Do not pass go. No. Do not collect $200. It's not an alcoholic drink, right. no matter how what jokes people want to make and feel clever about. I would wonder what this answer would be for Dolly Parton. Jesse, can we get to uh, that and this, that, and the third? Dolly Parton laying down the gauntlet and an important boundary in her life. Yeah, so Dolly Parton came out in an interview and said that she doesn't text, and her reason for not texting is iconic. She said that she doesn't want to talk to all the people that want to talk to her. So she essentially is saying, and who could argue with her, she is so iconic, so incredible, so amazing. So many people want to talk to her and she just doesn't have the time. She does not want to do this. She does not want to speak to the people that want to speak to her. So Dolly Parton, if you want to get in touch with her, you better be calling. And if she decides that you're not worthy, then she simply is not going to answer that call. And if you text her, she won't reply. Well, she doesn't know how. Well, the, the, the one thing about texting is you have to have that person's, usually their, their number or they have yours to text you. Because she says, yeah, just what you said, I don't want to talk to every, everybody that wants to talk to me. I don't text because I don't want to have to answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, listen, it's very simple, and, and I love that. Uh, I mean, our family text is going all the time, and I chime in every now and then just because there are times I'm like, you know, I just I like reading what they're writing, and, and A, at times I don't have anything good to add. B, when I do add something, I usually get mocked for it. Uh, that feel bad for me, Jesse. I am the one in the family who gets mocked the most when we text to one another, but at least it's people I want to text with, right? I mean, mm -hmm. this isn't tweeting where you're getting randos answering you and you don't have to answer them. This is people who supposedly have your contact and that you, you know, have some kind of relationship with that you're basically just saying, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, 
she has, what I take from this is she has simply decided that she's not gonna open that door She's just going to keep that door firmly closed. So anybody who gets in touch with her, it's like, you got to call her because that's the only way to talk to her. And if she doesn't want to talk to you, she's not going to answer your phone call. Whereas with texting, senior, like you said, sometimes even if you don't have anything to add, you don't really want to be part of the conversation, you're still expected to do well, something. I think there's a difference between group texting and just texting in isolation. Like unless you have read receipts on, which if you do, you're a monster. That's weaponized chaos. Anyone who does that to their friends or loved ones clearly does not actually love them that much because they get to see when you decide that you've had enough. Like in normal texting, if someone decides to text me and I'm not ready to answer then, I just leave it on red and I go about my day and I answer it when I'm ready and they're no worse for the wear. They don't know any different, but when you put the read receipts on, now all of a sudden you've created chaos. Are you calling them read receipts? Do you mean the red what? receipts? Is that what it? I read read. Oh it's like yeah. Aunt. Who cares? R because you read it. That's why it's. That's why it, it shows up as being but I'm read. I'm reading it too. No. I'm reading it. It's a read. It's, I'm reading it. So but it's, it's a read not, receipt. But it's not reading. It's read receipts. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What is what is read or read receipts? We don't have nearly enough time to explain all that because we have got to get to the third because our friend Jesse Cofield has never had a Pop-Tart before. We found that out the other day. Congratulations on Jesse, by the way, passing her um, gestational diabetes test yesterday with flying colors. Well done. So yeah. that now she can eat these Pop-Tarts. In the honor of passing my uh, glucose test, which means I do not have gestational diabetes, we're going to be getting into this. This is a toasted strawberry frosted Pop-Tart. This is untoasted. Which do I bite into first, guys? Well, I have, I have never had a toasted, uh, I've never toasted a Pop-Tart in my life. I'm still amazed. Uh, again, people understand, Jesse has never had a Pop-Tart, toasted or untoasted, in her life. This is her first bite into a Pop-Tart. Go untoasted. She's biting. She's taking you got to make sure you get part with the filling in it. You might have yeah, just you got too get much the filling in there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Take get a big, some of there that natural fruit flavor inside that. I think that looks like the strawberry one. You want strawberry? I know you have a strawberry and you have a brown cinnamon sugar one as well. So, yep. and, and Jesse went in with a bad attitude. I'm going to say right now. I was going to say, I don't like the faces the, she's making. She, she, said, I, she said, guys, I'm telling you, I'm not going to like it. So you have basically, before you've done this, talked yourself into not liking it. And I can tell that's where you're going to go. So go ahead and tell us. It tastes exactly the way I thought it would, which is like... Um, a watered-down pastry. It's like if you took a delicious pastry and you 3D printed it, that's what this tastes like. Try the toasted one. Yeah. The See, again, Mike, better. what we're dealing with. Okay, okay. okay. There we go. While she's, while she's chewing that, Mike, and while she's openly ripping uh, something that we love in a Pop-Tart, what I would say uh, in defense is she does have a caviar palate. God damn Right? I knew we were... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the caviar pop tarts. The Jesse, the Jesse Cofield special. Oh, Jesse, final ah, ruling: in or out on pop tarts? Jesse's an elitist. Ugh. If I was at the fire festival and this was all I had to eat, I would gladly take them. But I will not be consuming pop tarts of my own volition on my own time after this. Wow. Wow. All right. Well. Wow. Hopefully you will leave us a less scathing review when you download, subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review this podcast. Leave it a five-star rating. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.